Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. There's great news on the home mortgage front. I'm going to fill you in in just a half hour. And also something people are doing to themselves in their homes that hurts your wallet. That's both items just 30 minutes from now. And this is the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main web address. When you have a question for me, clark.com slash ask. You also can ask questions off the air. That's a free service of our show. If you go on the main screen of clark.com, scroll down, you'll see the info about what number to call in and hours available for free off-the-air advice from a member of our team. Labor Day holiday weekend is normally a time that you see frenzied ads on television for all the great deals on this brand, that brand, the other brand, and normally it's just hype. This year, though, a different story. There are actual, real deals buying vehicles this year over Labor Day weekend. The reason is simple math. The car business has run out of buyers. There's just too much inventory. Factories have churned out too much product. And people, after having been on a buying binge for the last six years, well, the demand that was pent up has now been sated, and it gets harder and harder each time to find a potential buyer. Edmonds, which is a big car research and information site, has put together a list of what are the best deal vehicles this Labor Day. And number one on the list, the 2017 Honda Accord. The average discount, $5,700 dropping the cost of an Accord well-equipped into the teens. But wait, there's more. The Toyota Camry 2017, seeing even larger discounts in the range of $6,500, dropping it into the upper teens. And then SUVs. The SUV market, and by the way, those were just two examples of sedans. There are many sedans that are going to be a great deal through the Labor Day weekend, and any 17s that remain on dealer lots will continue to be great deals after that. So SUVs, that's where the whole market shifted. And for a long time, dealers were even able to get sticker plus on a lot of the SUVs and the crossovers. Crossovers, if you're not familiar with that term, what it means is it's a car platform with an SUV-looking top put on it. So you have the smooth ride of a car, but the look and higher ground, you know, higher look 
of the SUV where you where you could see the road from a higher vantage point. And they look tough. Anyway, that market has shifted from where there was a continuous shortage to on average, there's now an oversupply of SUVs and crossovers. And the trend for the rest of this year shows an increasing oversupply of SUVs and crossovers. So right now, the Ford Expedition, which has been a very popular full-size SUV, is seeing discounts beyond $12,000, which is taking a 25% discount from List, which is, this is a shocking number, forty-eight grand is the List price on an Expedition. Who knew? Okay. Now, there's a vehicle category that is considered to be so uncool that people have to wear a mask when they drive in it or ride in it. That is a minivan. But minivans, even though they're unloved, are far more practical than an SUV. They have a lot more room in them. You get a lot more cubage in them than you do with an SUV. They just don't look cool. They scream, soccer mom or dad. I am proud to drive a minivan. It does not bother me. Practical guy, dull man. Anyway, the Toyota Sienna MSRP, that's the retail price, is just a hair under 30000 And the discounts right now, over 7000 So the market is very soft. Pickup trucks also, listen to this, 2017, Nissan Titan XD Crew Cab. It must be like a huge thing with four doors or something. Anyway, I know nothing about pickup trucks. Anyway, the retail is $39, over $12,000 discounts showing on those right now. And the stats on the SUV market, I mentioned to you that the supply is getting larger and larger. The incentives on them have grown 50% in the last year. So, and that's going to continue because the supply is outrunning the demand. So if you're in the market for a vehicle, if you're willing to buy a 17, if you keep a car a longer period of time, you want the 17, not the 18. You get a better deal. And if you or thinking of a car in the next several months, the market's only going to become more your friend in the next several months. Emma is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Emma. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Great. Thank you. So what's going on, Emma? Um, so recently I got a letter in the mail from uh, the Colorado court. And they notified me that my um, Social Security number was on their judicial intraweb for, like, uh, almost a year, I think 11 months. So You um, said this was Colorado? Yeah, state of Colorado. Yeah, that's not the only state this has been a problem where the courts are, are behind the times and they're publishing people's Social Security numbers on... In the case of Colorado, it's an intraweb, so that is that easily accessible by the public? Because in some states, the Social Security numbers are accessible. Right. So a portion of the Social Security numbers were available to um, 
the internet and like anybody could access access them, but mine specifically was not, and it was only on the intro web. And it says only people within that department could access it, but um, I'm still concerned that somebody could have copied down my social security number. So according to the Denver Post, there are over 600,000 people whose information, social security numbers, and date of birth were published internally and a smaller amount, somewhere around almost 10% of those, were exposed publicly and just the information's out there. Right. Why would they do that? And again, Colorado's not the only state that's been doing this. Yeah, I don't know why this happened. And the letter doesn't really give an explanation of that. It just repeatedly said it was inadvertently posted. So so what do they say you're supposed to do about the fact they were careless with your information? They said that I should contact uh, contact one of the like credit bureaus like Equifax or Experian and put a like fraud alert on my account, which I did, but I just want to know if there's like any lame, else. lame, lame, lame. <laughs> Cuz fraud alerts do almost nothing. Okay. And the state's trying to avoid paying any money out to people. Right. Because what is the right thing for you to do, and I'm sorry because it's a little bit of a pain, is for you to implement something known as credit freeze. Credit freeze. And what a credit freeze will do is that even if a criminal has your Social Security, your date of birth, all that scoop, they will not be able to apply for credit as if they're you even with that level of information, because you will have frozen your credit, which means that with each credit bureau, there's a unique individual code that's issued to you. Right. And unless you go and use that code to unlock your credit, somebody can apply for credit all day long, and they won't be able to do anything with that application. Okay, so I would still be able to use it with that unique code that they give me. Right. So what happens, now this is where it gets to be a pain, is that let's say you see a deal and you want to get instant credit. Right. You can't do it in the store. You have to go home, do what's called a temporary thaw of your credit, go back to the store and apply for the store credit. Right. So you add an extra layer of difficulty but you shut down the crook. Right. And you have to, normally you have to pay to freeze your credit unless you've been a victim of identity theft. Now, in your case where the information's been posted, you're not considered to be an identity theft victim. So you would have to pay to shut access to your credit down with the freeze process that I don't know what it costs in Colorado, but it varies from free to $30 to set it up. Per website. No, $10 per website's the max. Right, okay. So a a Um, grand total of $30. Would that affect, like, my current credit card? Not at all. Okay. It's only for applying for credit. And at Clark.com, I've got a guide that walks you through how to set it up. You'll just be able to click on Colorado, and it'll take you right to setting up the credit freeze. And you have to do it, unfortunately, three times over, one with each bureau. But it's a great way to protect your identity. Greg is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Greg. Hello, Clark. Greg, you're going on an all-inclusive cruise. 
I am. It's my very first one. And what cruise line are you going on? Um, it's Carnival. Okay. And how can I be of help with this Carnival cruise? Well, when, uh, when I booked the cruise and paid for it, it said that all gratuities were included. Now, I've never been on a cruise before, and I always like to show a little appreciation to the folks that uh, render us services. So I just kind of don't know how that works. You know, I, you know, who I'm sure tips are welcome, just kind of what to expect on that. Yeah, so as far as what level of tipping would be appropriate on the particular Carnival cruise you're going on, I recommend you go to a website called Cruise Critic mm-hmm. before you go on the cruise, read up on your individual ship, and then there, there are multiple discussion boards about how much you should tip on ships for each cruise line. Oh, okay. And the category of cabin you're in also affects how much you might want to tip people. Oh, okay. And even when they say, you know, you've already ta- they build you for the tipping, it's already taken care of, there are always people on the ship who really you can tell they're working for tips. Bartenders usually, cabin attendants, that kind of thing. But go read and get a sense of how much usually they calculate it uh, per cabin per night or per person occupying a cabin per night. Okay, well, that's a great tip. I appreciate it. And so if you if you spend some time on Cruise Critic reading on the Carnival ship you're going on, you'll know mm-hmm. what things are really great to do on that ship, what things are pain points that don't work particularly well. I mean, you'll learn a lot more than just the answer to your tipping question. Oh, great. Well, that sounds like a great resource, and I very much appreciate your help today. And I hope you have a great trip. Well, thank you so much. We'll be right back. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Melanie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Melanie. How are you? I'm good, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You have a credit card that is unwelcome in your life. Exactly. What did it do to you that you're kicking it to the curb? Uh, I had a um, business that tried to um, make a charge to my account, and I notified them that it was uh, not authorized, and they said they would take it off, and they did, but then um, they came back and tried to put it on again, charged me again. And And what excuse did they give for reinstating a charge that you had already challenged? Um, Three months later, they said that the company came back and said they gave them documentations that they had authorization to do it. So did you roll over at that point, or did you fight back? Oh, I fought back. Good. And what happened after you said no, no, no? After hours on the phone, um, they have finally said they would uh, credit it off again. And how much money were were you being charged that you did not authorize? $99. 
hundred dollars, you know, that's that's hard earned money. You don't want to walk away from it. So good for you being persistent. But now you've like had enough of these people. You want them out of your life. I don't trust them. Right. No, I'm, I'm. Yeah. I don't want to leave my account open. It's okay. For this to happen again. Do you? How many other credit cards do you have? Three or four. Okay. Good. I just wanted to make sure you had sufficient credit elsewhere, because when yes. you close a card. Uh, it hurts how much available credit you have and potentially can lower your score. How much of the other cards do you use right now? Um, we pay off everything every month. Um, I use probably two other cards, but their balance, I mean, the, the monthly balance is less than 1000 Okay, and how much, um, how much limit do you have on those? Uh, 7500 Okay, so you're fine. You, If you want to dump that card, go ahead and do so. Okay. And okay. be done with them. And just and don't get into the whole explanation about, well, you let me down, that's why I'm getting rid of you. Just, just tell them you don't want the card anymore. Okay. Okay. I don't, yeah, um, I don't want, I'm, I'm tired of them. I want nothing else to do with them. So do you do anything you. else with the bank that issues the card? No. <laughs> okay, so it'll be easy for you. So you just want from them, you call them up, you tell them you want to close your account, and you just tell them it's because uh, if they insist on an explanation that you weren't happy with the customer service and that you'd like a letter acknowledging you've canceled it, and keep that letter. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money. Okay, I'm going to share some stuff with you that you're going to be like, really? But do you know that of American homeowners, new data from an industry research firm in real estate finds that now more than one in three American homeowners own their homes lock, stock, and barrel. They own them 100%. And of the remainder, another roughly 17%, taking us up to more than half of all homeowners in the United States, own their homes completely free and clear or have a huge amount of equity in their homes, which is generally considered to be equity of 50% or more. Now, that still leaves nearly 50% that owe a lot of money on their homes. But this is an enormous improvement. You think about how last decade, one of the big things being pushed were home equity lines of credit known as 125s. All right, so this is bizarre. 
but lenders were lending people up to 25% above the value of their home. So if their home was worth 100000 they would lend you up to 125 against it. It was a horrible idea at the time, still a terrible idea. We see where all that ended up for us, but it means a lot of good things. It means that for most Americans, the principal source of wealth that you may have is a home that you're buying. And over time, the equity you build up in it. It also helps stabilize the home market when we have our next economic downturn, which who knows when that will be. There's no clock that's a countdown clock to an economic downturn. We just know that over time we have those. And having so many people with equity in their homes cushions the market in an inevitable cycle as they always do turn and this is good news. Now I'll tell you what is not such good news is that I see the ads everywhere now for taking out home equity lines of credit, HELOCs. I'm getting an increasing number of questions about doing HELOCs. And home, as I have said in the past, I will feel this way forever. The reason to take out equity on your home is to improve that home. That is the reason you take equity out of your home because then you have to pay back whatever you borrow. And if you use it for lifestyle, you have not improved the relative position of your home, but you have put yourself into a position where you have absolute less equity in your home. So please be careful. And and besides, if you are doing something to your home, right now is not the best time to do a HELOC. It is a better time to do a home equity loan where you have a fixed rate of interest for preferably for a five-year cycle versus a HELOC where the interest rate can change every as little often as every 30 days as the Federal Reserve wants to raise interest rates and the interest rates the Federal Reserve controls immediately raise the interest rate on HELOCs. So be careful out there and congratulations to you if you're in the more than one in three American homeowners that completely own 100% of your home. Donald is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Donald. Hi, Mr. Clark. How you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? Great, thank you. What's going on? I received an email a few days ago about something along the lines of if you bought a cell phone or a laptop computer within the last year or two years, I don't remember exactly what it said, but then you could register to be part of a lawsuit, something about getting money back because of the batteries? Yes, there was, there was a um, class action lawsuit alleging that there was price fixing in the battery market, in the rechargeable battery market, 
And so for a wide variety of devices, there may be some money available, but I don't know how much money there is that you can claim as an individual. Does it tell you how much you might get? No, it doesn't say nothing like that. It just ask you to join the lawsuit itself or part of the litigation itself because there's a there's a set amount of money as part of these allegations allegations that would be split among people so i guess the amount each individual gets ultimately is determined by how many people file oh okay but it is a legitimate thing so they give you a web address to go to in the letter right right yeah and so you just register there and who knows in how many years from now you may see some kind of little check come in the mail okay i was just wondering if it was a scam or not trying to get personal information or no i i am aware of no bogus websites for this i guess it could always happen but it is a legit thing that is alleged that people were overcharged for devices because the rechargeable battery was overcharged for. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Sure. And if anything comes up, oh, let's see how much. Oh, I'm right. All right. The amount you'll get, thank you, producer Joel found the answer, will not be known until all claims are received. Since the amount of money that'll be paid out is fixed, what you'll get will depend on how many people actually file a claim. And do they have any idea when all this will come to pass? Or With these settlements, who knows? It could be another five, six years or so. Or Let's see. All right. So the court has to decide, and all it says is that once... All appeals are done. Oh, man, this could be years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't expect a big check and don't expect it soon. Okay. That's okay. funny. But as far as being legit, Donald, it's, it is completely on the up and up. Matt is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Matt. Hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, Matt. You are looking at buying a home. Yeah, yeah. I want to buy a home. I'd like to have it be in a home by 2020. Um, And I'm considering using a a 401k uh, as a down payment, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. So I would prefer, if you could, over the next several years, that you keep socking money away in a savings account as a way of coming up with the down payment money instead of borrowing from a 401k. Now, if you borrow from the 401k, the issue with borrowing from a 401k is that then that money's not there to grow for you in the investments that it's in. But are you heavily invested in stock-type choices right now? Yeah, I've got a pretty aggressive 401k fund right now. So the stock market has been on a tear pretty much for the last eight and a half years. So the danger you face is that if you're thinking in uh, the next three years, you're going to borrow from your 401k to come up with the down payment money for a home, the danger is that the stock market is due a correction 
and you know correction is when it drops 10 percent or more uh, could even have a bear market at some point and think of it happening in the time period you're going to need to draw on the money to buy a home so you pull it out and a loan from your 401k and then the money's not there when the stock market goes through a recovery so okay. i'm just painting a scenario for you that why you don't use stock money for short-term needs and borrowing from your 401k would be an equivalent of that with three years of headroom between now and when you want to buy the house i'd like you to just be slapping money into one of the online savings accounts you won't earn a lot you know you'll earn about one and a quarter percent right now but you'll have the money that that will have no risk to it that you'll be able to devote to the down payment okay so in order to do that right now i contribute 14 percent to this 401k um, in order to do that i would probably need to to back that off a little bit that's fine with me do you have an employer match uh for the first six percent yeah yeah so if you were to dial back 14's great i'm so glad you're doing it the employer on that match are they doing one percent for each one percent you put in up to six or how do they match the the first three percent is matched 100 percent, and then the next three percent is matched 50 percent all right, so think about it. You're saving the equivalent of, gosh, uh, 17, 18.5% of your pay. Mm-hmm. So if you back that off a little and you're still saving more than 10% of your pay and the rest going into a fund for a down payment on a house, that's following the keep it simple rule. And okay. so I, I would do it that way where you have a linear separate account that is just boring as a parking space, but is there to build up the down payment. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And and congratulations to you that you're saving effectively the equivalent of almost 20% of your pay right now. That's great. Joel? Yeah, let's do a quick Ask Clark. Kathy wrote in, she says, currently my email is set up through my internet provider. I'm planning on setting up an email account that would never have to change, but is there one provider that's safer or more reliable? So if you're a privacy freak, you could look at doing ProtonMail, which is a completely end-to-end encryption service for mail. Um, That's really about you sending sensitive mail from one person to another but traditional email like gmail has become much more secure as well but you bring up a point that is great no one no one no one should ever have their email account as being that of whoever you get your internet service from because those change over time you want to be able to be a free agent as competition gives you better choices Gordon is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Gordon. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Clark. How are you? Good. You have some consumer advice for your fellow listener. Yeah. So I had two issues. One was a major insurance company, and another was a major retailer. And I know how you like finding sites that are similar to Get Human. And I found a site that is like the platinum sites of Get Human. This site oh, well, let me first, before you go any further, let me explain Get Human to your fellow listener. 
Get Human is a site that uses what's known as a freemium business model, which there's a certain amount of information you can get for free. They help you figure out how through a, a company's toll-free number, how to get out of the menus and actually have a human answer the phone, or you can pay them to be your advocate for you. But you have found one that drills down much further than just getting you through the phone tree at a company. What have you found? Absolutely. So I, the issue I had with the insurance company, I went to the site, which has a database, just to give you an idea how big it is, of almost 200 and probably 40 million business names of people. And so what I did was I went to the site, I looked up the insurance company, and I typed in CFO. And I had a list of the CFO, the CEO, the president, and so on and so on. It had a direct dial phone number for the CFO. I called that number. I get the administrative assistant. I say to her, I know I'm not going to get a hold of Mr. So-and-so, but here's my issue. Can you help me? She said yes. I get a call back maybe, you know, a day later from some higher-level executive who was working out my issue, and she says to me, how did you get Mr. So-and-so's cell phone number? So it was the cell phone <laughs> of the CFO. So then with the retailer that I had an issue with, rather than call the people, what I did was I looked up the president, the VP, and I found the VP of the department of the retailer that I was having an issue with. So all in all, I had about seven C-level executive names. And so what I did was I emailed all of them. I mean, I took all seven names, put it in the email. They all went through. I said, here's my issue. Here's what I like the resolution. And again, the next day, I get a call saying, I understand that you contacted Mr. So-and-so's office. How can I help you? And I got my issue and resolution taken care of. You know, we shouldn't have to do all that. But, I mean, you know, companies should not set themselves up where they have these massive walls around serving their customers. But what site did you use? The site is called Zoom Info. And I can send you a link to it. Oh, I'm familiar with ZoomInfo.com. Now, that one, they only give you a teaser amount of stuff for free. What does it cost when you go past the teaser and you start having to pay them for information on a specific company? You know, I'm not sure on, on the specific cost because I use the free version. But the free version that you're allowed, for most consumers, you're allowed 10 lookups per month. So that's 120 contacts to look up, you know, email addresses. And if somebody's having more than 10, more than that many problems in a month, well, that means you got some really bad choices and companies you choose to do business with. Well, and Clark, keep in mind, that's per email address that you sign up with. So if you're married, you can get 20 per month. Very clever. So let me repeat this. Thank you for being a member of our team, zoominfo.com. And Joel, you have one more site that you wanted to mention. Yeah, uh, Dial a Human. If you are interested in just the quickest way to speak to an actual human, it's similar to Get Human, but it doesn't have the pay-to-play element to it. It's all free. Exactly. So dialahuman.com. So we got Get Human, Dial a Human, and Zoom Info, all there to help you cut through the corporate clutter and bureaucracy. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. 
want you to know that I appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast, that you had faith in the information and advice you get. You want more information from us? One of the best ways to get Clark Smart is with our free newsletters, Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel Escape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if you think I'm wasting your time. Go to clark.com newsletters.